0: Dear congregation, there's no greater grief or pain than that is caused by the separation of death. And especially when that comes suddenly or unexpectedly. And it seems to cut even deeper when it it appears to be a senseless death, such as a life taken away caused by someone drinking and driving or by someone being murdered it's it's as if they've been robbed of life and in a way you can feel the deep grief of the disciples as we saw this morning as well when even mary saw her own son there being crucified on the cross the disciples saw their their lord and master nailed to the cross for no apparent reason And what even adds to all that is when they are falsely accused. Jesus falsely accused, falsely convicted and condemned to death. He faced that greatest insult, that betrayal of even a a closest friend. You may ask, why? How can these things happen? But we see them happen in our own country. As elderly people are being offered medically assisted suicide, senseless taking of lives. But they justify it by saying that they have no more purpose. (coughs) Abortion also is that senseless taking of of human life. But they try to justify it by saying the child's not alive yet or the child has no purpose and, and no say in the decision. So who decides? Who decides when life is worth living? And who decides whose life will end? And how do we make sense of those things? Because if you consider on the other end of it, the opposite is also true. That there seems to be no greater joy when there's new life. And you've seen that a little bit this morning when a little baby was brought in into this church. Everybody wanted the chance to hold it. There was joy around the new life. You see the joy when, when a son comes home after a tour of duty in the army and they say, you're alive, you're home. Or someone who recovers in the hospital from an accident or a sickness, and they say, The Lord has spared life. There is joy. Now try to imagine again the joy of these women as they as they learned at the sepulchre at the tomb there that the Lord Jesus was alive. They were filled with that fear and great joy as in a physical life can bring such joy. How much greater joy is there not that is that is given when there is new spiritual life. As the disciples walked on the road to Emmaus and it said their hearts burned within them because of that, that life, they went to back to Jerusalem and said, the Lord is risen indeed. The life of the resurrected Jesus gave that joy. And as the apostles went out through the cities, wherever that Gospel brought new life, there it says there was great joy in the city. And Peter says his spiritual life causes a, a, us to rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. Such deep joy. So then why, if death brings such deep grief and joy, br- or life gives such great joy, why do we choose death? Well, let's think about these things as we consider the sixth commandment. And our theme then is simply, you shall not murder. You shall not murder. Do you remember last week how we spoke of the authority that God had given? That if we deny the authority that God has placed over us in this world, we deny the very authority of God himself. And we can see a little bit of this in the downward spiral of the nation of Israel when in the last verse of the book of Judges, it it says there that in those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It was as if there was no ultimate authority over them. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And that was seen already in the days of Noah and, and why God destroyed the world at that time because of its wickedness. But then we read here in Genesis 4 of how Cain... The first born son into this world, he killed his own brother, Abel. A senseless taking of life because he was angry, angry that God accepted his brother's sacrifice and not his own. But he had not offered it the way that God had shown them, and this made Cain angry. He wanted to do it, he wanted to worship God his own way. But God commands later in Deuteronomy 12, you shall not do whatever is right in your own eyes. Later in the same chapter, in verse 22, we can read of Tubal Cain. He was a sixth generation descendant of, of Cain, and he worked with bronze and iron, most likely to make swords and, and weapons. And then you read of Lamech, Tubal Cain's father, who, who began to boast of his own power. And he says in verse 23 that if anybody hurts him or crosses him, then he will kill them. He had the weapons of steel and it made him think that he had the power, that he had the authority to take someone else's life if they did something he didn't like. He rejects God's authority over his life. And when when he rejects God, God's authority, he also needs to replace God. When Cain was worried about what would happen if his family wanted to take revenge on him, God said he would avenge anyone who tried to kill Cain. But Lamech proudly says in verse 24, If Cain shall be avenged seven times, I will be avenged 77 times fold. Do you see that arrogance and that pride that lives in our hearts by nature? We say we will repay, we will take vengeance on anyone who crosses our path because we think we have the power. But God tells us in Romans 12, do not avenge yourselves. Vengeance is mine, the Lord says. And he goes on to say, if your enemy hungry, is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. And so you see, it all comes back now to the authority of God, as we began to see last week. That if, we, that if we recognize that we have no authority over our own life, then it's not up to us to avenge ourselves of any wrongdoing towards us. And then we certainly do not have the authority over someone else's life. Remember, children, honor your father and your mother and we're called to honor our neighbor's life. In Romans 1, it shows us what happens when, we, when people reject God. Verse 28 there it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality and wickedness, And then here begins a whole list relating to murder, maliciousness, envy, murder, strife, deceit, gossiping, backbiters, haters, violence, and disobedient to parents. The rejection of God leads to murder because then we make ourselves the authority. And that's the ultimate problem in our own heart. We want to be God in the throne of our own heart. And that is why there is murder. That is why we murder. That's why there's hatred in our hearts, first against God and against others. And that began in paradise with Adam and Eve. And the effects were soon seen when Cain killed his brother. They disobeyed God's authority. And God said, the day you disobey, you will die. Now God commands us, you shall not murder. And in its basic form, it means you shall not take anyone else's life. We don't have the authority to determine when someone lives or dies. But God's definition of murder is more than just a physical taking of life, and we saw that in the Catechism in question 105. It said that we must not, neither in thoughts or words or gestures, much less in deeds, dishonor hate wound or kill my neighbor and even it even forbids the desire of revenge as we read in romans 12 god has put into place the the authority of the government to take care of, of of preventing and punishing murder but children maybe you think you have never murdered anyone but you notice that here in the catechism, it even says that we must not dishonor anyone. Dishonor is in the list of, 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 of sins at the, root, with the, at the root of murder. That means dishonoring our parents or dishonoring our, our neighbor stem from in our form of murder. So God drills down to the very thoughts and intents of our hearts. And we might not think that we're taking someone else's life away. But if we think about what the Lord Jesus wrote here in Matthew 5, verse 21, the Lord Jesus said, If you have, you have heard that it was said, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So Jesus is pointing to the spiritual cause of murder. Murder itself is only a clear evidence that something is terribly wrong in our hearts. But the fact that people kill other people shows how sinful and corrupt and fallen we are as a human race. We kill our very own. It shows the spiritual deadness that there is in the human race. If you think about these words that the Lord Jesus said, children, the, the word raka really means blockhead or emptyhead or, or good for nothing. And, and fool here means moron or, or or even idiot, the words that we should never use to call others. But the Catechism shows that it's just not just when we call people by these names, but even gestures. When, when we make signs with our hands to indicate to someone else that we think negatively of them, badly of them, it, it just the motion of our finger makes, means the same thing. It shows that it's coming out of a heart of murder, that you're spewing murder out of your heart. And we can even see how how sinful our hearts are when we want to laugh when someone uses these kind of words. We think it's funny, but see, that's how backwards our hearts are. And Jesus says if we use those kind of words against other people, it shows the sins of our own hearts. And he says we deserve to be punished by death. And Jesus doesn't mean just physical death, but he says you're in danger of hellfire, eternal death. And why does he say that? It's because if our hearts are breathing out death, that means our hearts are spiritually dead. And just like the farmer will throw up dried out branches that have been cut off into the fire, dead hearts will be thrown into the fire of hell by God. Do you see how seriously God takes the sin against this commandment? Again, the Catechism in question 106 says, In forbidding murder... God teaches us that He abhors the causes of it, such as envy, hatred, anger, and even a desire of revenge. That's all murder in the eyes of God because it comes from the heart. And God looks at the heart. And so we must not kill others in any way, even in our heart. But we must also not harm ourselves. We must also not commit murder against ourselves and we can do this by exposing ourselves to dangers in dangerous sports or texting and driving or or speeding these are all examples of ways we can endanger our own lives or those around us but it also includes how we think about ourselves when when people are bullied they often begin to think very negatively about themselves they begin to believe what people are saying and they can they can they can begin to die inside so to speak you can some people even resort to suicide because they've been bullied so much you can see how what effect this has on ourselves. and so we must we must not let ourselves be pulled down into these negative thoughts about ourselves that we are not worth anything and so we can see how murder is is trying to take control of someone else's life or of even of your own life. It's taking God's authority and trying to take that into your own hands. And that's why it's so important, children, to see where we have come from. We've been created in the image of God. In Genesis 2, verse 26, we read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, In verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, he created them. And so every human being has purpose, has value and worth. Every boy and every girl has value and worth because God has created you, who you are and how you are, both male and female. And you do not need to try to change that. Because if you try to change who you are, you are also trying to kill the body God has given you to make a new self. And that, is, that's, that also is a form of murder. And that will not work because you cannot give yourself life in any way. And so all human life must be honored with a ton of respect as we considered last week. It must be valued more than all the gold in this world because you are made in the image of an eternal God. You are created to bear God's image in this world. And when we think of the theory theory of evolution that says says we have come into existence just by random chance, and it, it says we have no more purpose than the dirt that we step on, They claim that we have no existence after this life. And so many people believe this theory and this lie. And it's not a wonder then that this world is so full of despair and darkness because there is no hope. There is no future. And it's no wonder that they say live it up now because there's nothing after this. It'll be all gone tomorrow. And this is why we can see also that it leads to murder when money is given more value than life. In Canada, in the year 2020, 743 people were killed in homicides. In the U.S., a number is far greater. is a greater population, 21,500. They say that's up 30% from the year before. 21,000 people murdered. But in Canada, about 750. Euthanasia. That they're pushing on the elderly because someone decided that the elderly people and the sick have passed their prime of life and now have no more value, no more worth in the society. They're not able to contribute to society anymore, so they say, why not move them away? How many people were killed in 2020 by euthanasia? 750 were murdered by homicides. 7500 by euthanasia, tenfold. What does this show us about the how we value the life of our elderly? Do criminals have more value in life for life than those who killed their own parents? or allow them to do so. But then we consider abortion, how how rampant that is in killing, the senseless killing of infants unborn, only because they are not seen as to have value in the eyes of the parents. They think they have the power and the authority to bring life into this world or to snuff it out before it comes into this world. There is a tenfold increase from homicide to euthanasia, and there's a tenfold increase from euthanasia to abortion. 75,000 aborted in the year 2020. That does not include uh, abortion pills and such. And that is why there's also between 4,000 and 4,500 people who commit suicide every year in Canada we live in such an unstable world they cannot find purpose or meaning for their life your purpose your worth your value is not determined by how you think or feel or how others think about you but your value and worth is found in god alone there's such an increase in depression and anxiety and loneliness in a world especially in the last couple of years But this shows us how important the family makeup is, the family support and the presence, the church community, how we need one another and how God puts an emphasis especially on the fatherly authority in the lives of our children. Listen to these stats as well. 63% of youth suicides from that number come from fatherless homes. Seventy-five percent of prisoners grew up without a father. Eighty-five percent of the youth in prison are from fatherless homes. The more we move from God's laws, the more violence there will be and the less value and purpose for our lives. The more the family structure is destroyed in our country, the more anarchy will follow, everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. We need to turn back to the ways of God's Word. But instead of murder, God requires love. Question 107, God says, God commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, to show patience, peace, meekness, mercy, all kindness towards him, and to prevent his hurt as much as in us lies, and that we do good even to our enemies. You shall not murder, he says. What, a, what even, even a promise and, and a hope of peace and new life that gives. We're to live in that love and peace with one another. It begins with respect for authority, particularly God's authority over our life. He's the creator of our life. He's also the one who gives us that ultimate value and purpose for our life. And he com- his commandments show how God gives that purpose and value to our life. He shows us how to live in this life. and we're to delight in this life, in the value and the joy of the life that God gives. And these commandments are, are love because God is love, to love him above all and to love our neighbor as ourself. And He calls us to love and honor the authority of God. It begins, as we saw last week, in the home, with respect for our, our family, our parents, and then our neighbors, to love the sanctity of life, the, the blessings of life, from conception to natural death. We have to recognize, first of all, who is in control of our life. From our conception to our death, God holds us in life. Children are a blessing of the Lord, the Bible says. God knits us together in the womb. Elderly people are a blessing from God. Hear what Isaiah says as as he speaks about, as God speaks to his people there, and how he compares them. He says, You have been upheld by me from birth, who have been carried from the womb. Even to your old age, I am he. Even to your gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. Even I will carry and deliver you. God gives life from beginning to end. And without His love, we cannot keep this commandment. We can never love someone if our hearts are filled with that natural hatred. We need His Holy Spirit, for love is the fruit of His Spirit. And so we need to do, as we, as the last verse there in chapter 4 of, of Genesis says, Then men began to call. On the name of the Lord. Because they recognize that He is God. That makes us again consider the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't it? He who lived on this earth. When He was on this earth, He was not valued or or honored. Even though He showed the ultimate honor and respect to His heavenly Father and to His earthly mother. He cared for her to His dying, dying moments when when he was even on the cross he told john behold your mother and to his mother behold your son he took care of her to the end christ was dishonored christ was falsely accused christ was despised as not worthy to live the people who he created claimed to have authority authority to end his life he is the life of the world he came to bring that life into the world but he was killed because of by his own because they did not receive Him. And they chose darkness rather than light. He was rejected from this earth, hung on the accursed cross as not worthy of being alive as a human being. Why do we choose the horrors of death rather than life? Romans 1.18 again. They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They choose death and killed the prince of life because by nature we are dead. Dead in trespasses and sins. And what needs to happen? We need to be born again. Born to life in Zion. And John 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the authority, the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, But of God that new spiritual life that comes through God a heart that is alive with the love and Spirit of God then alone do we begin to speak the truth in love and that is possible because Christ was crucified in his death he defeated death when he arose he arose to life he is the resurrection and the life as he said And he that believes in me, said Jesus, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He is the life, and he gives life to dead souls. And he restores life to hearts that are dead in sin and enmity with God. And for those who know him and his life, your life is hid in him. Born not only once in this world, but also by his Spirit to be alive forevermore. And in Him is all our hope and all our value and all our purpose for now and for eternity. For to Him be all the glory. Amen.